leading people in 2023. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gutless Science listeners, it's Nikki. And Steve Shook, Chief Revenue Officer of Data Climber, is here today. And fun, awesome fact, one of his team members, Wendy Weekly, recommended him. Ah, what is better than that? He's tapped into some great leadership habits, and I am so excited for him to talk about what leading people now looks like. So let's hear it from Steve, leading people in 2023. Hey, it's Nikki here with Steve Stock. So change is constant, right? But change has been expedited in the recent years, especially for leaders. With that, Steve, how do you recommend we shift our mindset on leading people forward today? The way I really think about it in today's world and moving forward is Trust, transparency, and empathy have to be the pillars leaders need to get their minds wrapped around to lead and inspire people as we go forward. You know, for me, it's, it's really, you know, gone are the days where, you know, fear and skepticism and apathy would be tolerated by a leader if you're not having them and their journey at the forefront of all of your thoughts and your engagement. You're really failing them in, in today's market and in the world that I see going forward. Yeah, so good. And I really agree. And I would love for you to elaborate just a little bit on, you had said the pillars, you said trust, transparency, empathy. If you could bring that to life a little bit on leaders that have pillars in their life, say it's those three, what does it look like to be like consciously in tune and living out the pillars? How does someone do that well? So for me, when I really break each one of those down and try to live them each and every day, trust means that there is no safer person on planet Earth for that team member. I'm safe, even if it's painfully transparent feedback about me or to me, I'm safe. They can trust that if they want it to stay inside of our virtual wall or we're lucky enough to be in 3D and the, the physical walls, it's, they, they have that without question or, or hesitation. Again, transparency, I like the term painful transparency, right? That means that you know where you stand with me at all, at all times, whether good or bad. And I know where I stand with you at all times, whether good or bad. And, and that's a, um, a critical component, again, to the, the mindset of leading people. And it, it really dovetails nicely in, into the trust part. And then empathy is the, the one that I think that we skip over too often, especially as a sales leader, you know, you're going to have reps that have a, a tough patch, maybe a bad month, maybe a bad quarter. Hell, we'll see it in a bad years. But are you understanding what's competing with them in their lives that is maybe influencing that hard road, especially when you know she or he is doing the things that they need to do? They're controlling their, their science and their art and the outcomes aren't there. Do you know what's going on at home? in their direct home or their adjacent homes, maybe, you know, family member that doesn't live directly with them. Um, or their friends that are in need that are weighing on their mind, you, you have to be in tune and again, give them that safe and, and trusting place that they can share that 
and be like, hey, boss man, I got this thing that's going on. It's pulling on me. And then you need to be there in a transparent way and prop them up and almost be an umbrella for them and, and give them that air cover they need so they can take care of those competing things. So they can they can do what you're asking them to do and you believe and know that they can. Absolutely. Things pull on us as people, many different directions. One hat we wear is what we do for work, even though it is a huge portion of our time. And I think the word that comes to mind as you're describing, you know, bringing this to life is depth, depth in the relationship. So relationship building is a skill we must prioritize and get better and better at as leaders. We never arrive. Like the relationship building is set. We're good. It's a daily effort, you know, just very complex. How do you really get to know the people you lead? Like break that down from onboarding to sustaining that relationship and really getting that true relationship or that deeper level confirmed, I guess. Yeah. You know, the dovetails actually quite nice off the first question, because for me, it actually starts at the interviewing process, not the onboarding process. Right. So if you really want to get to know them, you know, I think the interview has to be a conversation. I mean, too many times have companies asked if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? What kind of question is that? I mean, obviously I'd be a blue spruce. It's always green. It's strong. It bends in the breeze. But what you really want to know is what gets that person going Distill it down to what's their why, right? Why are they interested? Why are they doing what they're doing? Why do they get out of bed and understand that piece? And if you can get to understanding their why, then again, being transparent with them and, and building trust, you can get them to share with you their BHAG, right? That big, hairy, audacious goal that they have each year. We all have a big goal, right? And sometimes those are tremendously personal, crippling debt medical needs for a spouse, right? Sometimes they're tangible. I want to buy a new car. Sometimes they're that thing that you never thought you'd be able to do. I want to be able to put my kids through university or whatever it may be. But if you understand their why, then you can get your team members to expand on their BHAG, that goal that they're driving for in that year. And then you can take those things and start to understand back to the home front, that empathy piece, right? how much of that is influencing their why, how much of that is influencing their BHAG, if you think about it that way. If you can get those pieces of the job taken care of, then you can start expanding into what gets them jazzed up outside of the office. What do they like to do? If you don't know, I love to paint. So what's that thing that you that they gravitate to that they are inspired to do outside of the office? That thing that they're on Wednesday, yes, it's hump day, can't wait to the weekend. I'm doing this and I can't wait to tell you about it. Right. If you, if you can get to, to understand those items, right. Then you start understanding the levers that you can pull or push to help maximize that person's outcomes. But more importantly, the relationship that you're building with that person, no matter where you're injecting into that relationship, early days, you've met them for a few times. And if we do it right, you can't, we, we create a, a lifelong relationship. And if you do it great, you may have a friend and a follower for the rest of your life. I love that comment of a friend or a follower for life because, you know, I think sometimes people think of the workplace and our relationships at work as kind of transactional. It's part of, it's part of it, right? And like, if you're not here anymore, then like, we're not friends anymore. Gosh, can we like 
rally against that is so wrong, right? Like this is relationships and human to human. It's not about what it is that someone is doing for me. And you illustrate that so well in saying that the relationship starts during the interview from the very first conversation. It's not like, oh, they sign. Therefore, let's get rolling here with building a relationship. I love that. Okay, listeners, let's build from Steve's advice on getting to the why. I don't think that's the first time you've heard that, but it is an important thing to learn how to incorporate as a habit. Like, you know, everyone on your team's why and or over helping them overcome their hurdles could be the same thing, could be different things, but it's like aspirationally, what are they going for and what is it that's holding them back? Let's help them overcome. Steve, talk about, I guess, your framework to create a game plan to help people grow and develop. So if you, if you truly know your people, if you truly know the people in your org that are your directs or maybe one removed, then, then building their unique plan for growth and development, again, whether it's in the office or outside, because we get to inspire outside of the office as well, it, it for a leader becomes as, as natural as breathing. It's what we do. It's we breathe. We don't think about it. And so you have to know where they want to go or where they've come from and what's inspiring them to move forward. And so if you want to, to grow and develop them, you have to not have preconceived notions. You can't come to the dance party thinking, I already know what that person wants to do because they are in this role, right? They're in this role. They're going to go to this next thing. I just know it. And if you truly subscribe to that methodology of not having a preconceived path for them and allowing them to elaborate and articulate and that, again, back to that trusting and transparent kind of way, what you'll find out is that, for example, a business development rep, natural step is to go to account executive or account manager. For most sales leaders, that will be the path that they would in their mind have. It's the stepping stone. But if you come to that dance party with that preconceived notion, it's Nikki, you're a great SDR. Here's what I'm going to have you do to become a great AE. Well, if that doesn't speak to you, then I built a plan that you're not excited about. You're not passionate about. It doesn't speak to you at your core. But if I ask you, Nikki, where do you want to be in a year or three years? You may just be taken aback when you hear your SDR says, gosh, I really like social marketing and I would love to get into a social marketing role. Not a quote unquote norm for an SDR, but not something that we haven't seen before because it's really a pillar to allow them to go into whatever direction it is. So again, it's, it comes back to truly knowing your people, having those conversations and allowing them to guide their own career path. And then you support and amplify those directions that they need to go and allow them to, hey, this is what I think I can do. These are my KPRs. Here's the things I want to learn. What would you tell me to take it down? And then together say, hey, here are the items that we should work on this quarter, this month, this half, whatever it may be. Measure, revert back, be in a safe space. Hey, you crushed it. You set the bar too low. You got beat up. You set the bar too high. Let's iterate and keep moving forward. Oh, I like that so much. The word that comes to mind is co-create. You know, if a leader helps guide to this core why, be hack, sometimes, many times, people don't even know what that is. They kind of know, but to 
define it is so helpful for a leader to help them get there and to really define that hurdle maybe that the workplace path, their role, the relationship with the leader can help to overcome and then to co-create that plan. How many times do we airball creating a plan? It's like, here's your path. And it's, and just like you said, the, the fired up side of them isn't there because it's like, Okay, yeah, I'm going to try to get fired up about this, but it wasn't like a co-created thing to really listen and and bring to life like what really matters for them. Before we move on cuz I want to hear a story from you about like an experience in this, but something I just thought about. I like to point out airballs. I don't not necessarily because I'm like, "Hey, all of you out there that like don't know what you're doing." That's not why. It's more of like lack of awareness. It's like you're stuck as a leader because you're doing this, but you don't even know it. And so what would you say is maybe an air ball that you see or a typical like, here's what's standing in the way, but sometimes leaders don't see it. Anything that comes to mind? I'm going to pick on the air ball that I see the most. Again, being in a sales leader role, being a CRO, I see so many times that frontline, second line leader sees the business development role as nothing more than a stepping stone to that AE role. So that to me is probably the biggest air ball that's out there because the path that's really in front of them is all of them, right? I've seen them go to sales ops, rev ops, uh, marketing, leadership in the business development wor world. I've seen them completely leave the go-to-market channel and go into product, right? Because they now have experience from customers, so on and so forth. So that's the biggest air ball that I see out there is this, is that the SDR, BDR role is just a stepping stone. And what it really is, is a professional sales role who doesn't close, yes, but they are talking to clients and prospects. Therefore, it's a selling role. And that's a, a great home and a great place to build a career. You do not have to leave that to be in a high-powered, high-earning sales role. There is a growth plan inside of there. That's the biggest air ball I think I see out there in the market right now. Mm, that's so good. We just had a, a guest on, and I can't remember the exact title of the episode, but it was around every role has extraordinary value. You know how sometimes just because of the hierarchy or what some people say because of money tied to it or a title, right? We get wrapped up in like, oh, that's just a stepping stone role where I mean, sometimes this is an extraordinary opportunity to leverage strengths in whatever role. And it, I think, sometimes gets overlooked, like you said, in a, like an SDR role. You see some of the most disciplined, well-crafted communicators in that role. For me, in my person, because I love sales as well, so I know like sales development rep is what an SDR is, for those of you that don't know, I mean, can be the most valuable partnership to growing a business hands down. And it's unique to be great at that, you know? And so just from a standpoint of we need to look at everyone from the front lines, the new person, all the way up to the 28 years been here and the CEO, there's extraordinary value in every role. And I love that you made that point. So moving on, I want to hear a story that you could share like regarding your experience, having worked with an individual to really change their trajectory or their path because of applying what we've been talking about here. If your listeners could see my face, I'm smiling. I think it, it takes me back 2018, 2019. I had the opportunity to build out a, a new functional team inside of the broader business unit at, at a tech company I was at. And inside of that opportunity, there were team members that were um, ones that I could inherit make sure that they weren't going to be orphaned as there was some change going on. And 
met with them all. And yeah, this was a no brainer. All wonderful people spent a, a bunch of time with them. They were in uh, uh, Bucharest. So I was flying back and forth quite a, quite a bit. So I had virtual and in-person time with them. And, you know, after spending time with them, you could really tell that you had, you know, I was inheriting lightning in a bottle, just wicked people, wicked switched on awesome humans that you just wanted to GM with every day. But this one person, she, she stood out, she shined the absolute brightest. And I had the, the opportunity and the pleasure, the honor to work closely with her over the next few months. And through that time um, in the shadows, uh, I was crafting the, the business plan and the justification to promote her without her knowing and um, getting her pay right it um, and girl dad. So um, pay gap is an important one to me and was able to get her pay doubled and got her to the above the medium point of, of the new, new role. And I was in Kuala Lumpur when I let her know that um, the promotion was approved and that I was effective immediately doing this promotion would have an announcement go out to the org and then let her know what her pay was going to. And, um, it's a, it's a facial re reaction that you can't get it out of the mind. It's, it's seared in there as, as just one of those moments where you could see on her face exactly what it meant, not only for her, but her young family and where they were trying to go. Um, and so it's, it brings to this day, still great joy. She's become a great friend. Just heard from her and she said, Hey, would you be interested in, or willing to be a reference? And I was like all day long and twice on Sunday, let me know how I can help. That's, that's probably the one that sticks out the absolute most to me through my leadership career. Oh my gosh. I love that. It gives me chills. The ripple effect of what great leadership and partnership with a, a team member together can do through the workplace. That's why I say the workplace is the greatest mission field it, because you can truly ripple effect anything. And you come with this, like, we don't bring religion and politics into it, you know, very much, right? We keep that limited and you can meet where you are and grow and ripple effect everything else. I just believe that so strongly. And I love that story. And it leads us into something I'm so passionate about that I know you share. Tell us your mindset on celebrating people moving on from their role. Yeah, that one's easy. Do it. Celebrate them, right? Cheer. Be their biggest cheerleader. It's, gosh, celebrate them early and often. It's a foregone conclusion, right? People are going to move on. Right? I mean, the, the reality that we're going to retire from the place that we're at is those days are gone. Your people will move on. Your journey, the yellow brick road will have a fork in it. So elevate them, celebrate them, get them prepared for the next mission, whether that's in the company or outside of the company, get them prepared be their advocate, be their cheerleader, illuminate the things that they do well and support them on the things that they don't do as well. And then be excited for goodness sake, be excited. It's their jobs, right? Their logos on our resume, but these are people. And if you can't be excited for one of the people that you've brought in or you've inherited and you spent time with as they take what they believe is the next best step in their career, are you dead inside? is kind of how it, it comes to me, right? It's a journey. We should celebrate it. And just because they branch off doesn't mean there's not alignment at the human level. Still, it's amazing how many people I've worked with. They've worked with me in my orgs and we stay in touch through the years and we celebrate their movements as I've watched them grow. So celebrate, do it early and often. Here's the interesting part. I was on LinkedIn this morning and it was talking about job hopping, right? And 
whatever. So I cues me in and here is my comment just to segue here and why we're talking about this because I believe so strongly and we have to change the way that we think about it, right? And the topic of this episode is leading in 2023. So I just have to chime in my little soapbox here. I said, I am not a fan of long tenure unless the journey truly aligns for a win-win long tenure. I believe that jobs are a season to share your strengths and do your calling. And rarely is it a lifetime thing. It's a season. Now, organizations can be great at constantly aligning roles to be a win-win during the growth of people, but they don't, if they don't prioritize doing this, which most don't, then they must celebrate the seasons where they met them where they are and, you know, realizing that's a stepping stone to move on. And at the same time, if you don't, you're not the very, very unique organization that keeps meeting them where they are and have all those resources to do that and the infrastructure, right, if it, which most don't. And that's just what it is. You're a stepping stone and embrace that and make the most of it then you have to be great at filling your talent pipeline today. Like it's not a like, oh, well, you know, this is new news. This is here to stay. You've got to figure that out. So um, thanks for allowing me to chime in on your episode topic with a little soapbox there. Well, this has been so awesome, Steve. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today, come back to our lightning round where we get to learn a little bit more about you. And it's just like fun to do a little in-depth side of, you know, the personal side of you. So we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right, Nikki here with Steve Schock, and we are going to dive into our lightning round. So you know, as we've been shifting this up, it's um, kind of rapid fire answers. We always do the, ask that same question in the beginning to build our ever growing recommended reading list, which is so valuable. We have like, I don't know, 300 books on there um, that I need to look at more often to, to guide my recommended reading list. But Steve, you get the opportunity to add to that. What is your favorite book of all time or favorite recent read that you'd recommend for our leader listener audience? Recent read, reread, and read would be the five dysfunctions of a team. It's a good one, right? You know, you think you start thinking about trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, results, and getting everybody to row the boat in the same direction. If you read it, go reread it. If you haven't read it, go read it or get it on Audible. Um, well worth it. So good. Totally agree with like it's a great book and something to reread regularly. So good. Okay. Now, what about this question? What brings you the most joy in your life today? I think there's probably two parts to that, and it's all surrounded around harmony. Right now, I'm in a position where I, I get to live a very harmonious life. And what I mean by that is there are days and weeks and time periods where the job means more for me. It just needs me more and I give it more. There are days, weeks, months where my daughters need more from me or my wife needs more from me. Um, and so I disproportionately shift. And then there's also times where I need more from myself. I just need me, right? And I'm able to shift. And so I'm in a position, I'm in a place, I'm with a company that supports and allows us to have that work-life harmony because balance really doesn't exist. It's always moving. So that brings me joy knowing that I can pivot and shift and I'm supported at the house. The girls understand why daddy's going to the UK next week. The job understands, Hey, I'm not here. I got the kiddos and we're going to Disney world. Don't call me, call the team. They're empowered. 
that's an important thing. And I can tell you, you know, too many years that was out of balance. So it brings me joy that I've gotten to that point. Mm. So our team works proactively on work-life integration. That's our word. But I, I love that word, work-life harmony. So powerful, you know, just being able to have that flow state and, I don't know, just the all kind of is appreciated and all works together, ecosystem of our whole life. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. Which life lesson did you learn the hard way? Yeah. Um, yeah. This one, this one's a painful one, right? I actually don't talk about it a lot, very much, and you can't actually find it on LinkedIn or in my resume. So a job came to a close due to COVID. Um, the wonderful many people that got impacted, I got hit finally in the fourth round of 2020. And I was talking with a company, they were a startup, uh, late kind of middle stage, interesting mission really liked the CEO and a couple other people that I had met and was feeling good about the traction. They ingested a new CRO late into the dance party, met the person, got the, the wobbly vibes, but kept plowing forward. Offer was not where I was expecting or what we were talking, but I was in a position of a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush and went against my core, which my core was saying, run away said yes and on day one got a call from that that person who hadn't started yet and said hey um just wipe out the team you inherited they've been in that role too long they clearly have no aspirations to move up and got off the phone flicked the flag in linkedin and i was gone within 90 days and you never see it on my resume and you never see it on linkedin that was probably the the greatest life lesson to learn. And if I distill it down succinctly for the audience, listen to your gut. Mm. If something giving you the, the pause, listen to it and go inspect it. And if you come up at the same spot, walk away. Well, and if it's right in with the uh, name of our show here, Gut Plus Science, okay? So as you know, we started this show, it was around a mentoring community for CEOs when it started to share their gut experiences, like their experiences of life, their failures, all of that. And then also data-driven insights and concrete things that have guided them to be their best, right? So both sides, and you have to have them both. And so again, if there's... I. I'm going to guess there's a lot of listeners that are listening to this episode right now. And you're like, thank you, Steve, for just helping me to go do a deeper dive on that thing that is chewing at me. Like it is just gnawing at me and go with it, guys. That is just such a thing. And I can attest to like some life lessons there. So thank you so much. Okay, Steve, we're going to wrap this up. What is the best way for us to follow up with you after today? If we want to stay in touch. LinkedIn's easy. Always on, always by my side. Here's my truth you can act on from Steve Shuck. Number one, make sure you get to know team members with depth. That's the word, the core word, depth. Things pull on us as people, things in our lives. We have many different hats that we wear and aspirations of what we want to do. And if the workplace can help with that, we only know if we ask deep questions and build relationships. Number two, build relationships from the start. That means during interviewing, before onboarding, before that human being 
signs the document that says that they want to go into an employment relationship with you, start building relationships from the beginning and focus on the relationship. Everything else kind of falls from that. As Steve talked about the pillars, those key pillars come from relationship building. Prioritize it. You never arrive. You got to keep doing it. Number three, know your people's why. Their BHAGs, their big, hairy, audacious goals. Know their hurdles and tap into that to build their growth and development plan with them. Co-create that growth plan together and watch how fired up people get because they are bought in. You've created the plan together. Oh, so powerful. Number four, embrace being a stepping stone. People don't stay at employers forever. The statistics are what? Like two, three years, the average lifespan of an employee. Embrace and maximize the season that the employee is with you and create a meaningful experience together. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.